Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Josh Taylor here for about eh, 15, 20 minutes or so. We have quite a bit to discuss here. But before we get to that, I want to remind everybody, follow us on Twitter at 937TheFan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia in Wexford, North Huntington, in Uniontown. Visit ShorkyKia.com. Also, text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line, 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. There may be some grievances on the text line after this show is over. Why? Because my next guest and I had a discussion about a week ago. Almost a week ago to the, the hour, so to speak. I asked Alex Stump a question about Gregory Polanco. And I told Alex, look into your crystal ball. What is Gregory Polanco's future? This is what Alex told me. He is doing so much right, but the results just aren't there. He has way too expensive of an option next year to justify keeping a guy who's a sub-replacement level player. Playing him every day or almost every day, I don't see the appeal anymore either because we, we all kind of know that how the Gregory Polanco Pirates story ends. It, it's kind of a shame because if, whenever you go back a couple years, it looked like he was finally figuring some stuff out before he slid into second base in 2018. That was Alex Stump a week ago. And then during the past few days, Pirates placed him on outright waivers. No one claimed him. Then yesterday they announced they designated him for assignment. Here's the thing, folks. We warned you a week ago. Alex joins me right now on the fan hotline. He covers the Pirates for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Alex, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Whenever you started that, I thought you said the complaints were going to be just because, you know, you were letting me on the radio again, which I, I wouldn't blame anyone, but still. Well, I mean, they complain about they complain enough about me, so that's fine. You don't have to worry about that. Okay. Um, let's get into this. Let's let's do round two here because we had this discussion last week, and then all this stuff goes down. I want to start with yesterday though, because I want to kind of tell this story. I walked into the TV station yesterday, you know, checking my email. I see an email from the Pirates. Hey, we've designated Gregory Polanco for assignment, and then not too long after that, they issue a correction that he had been released. Take me through what happened here with how this process turned out? Well, the release indicates that he was placed on release waivers actually a couple days earlier. So, actually, there's probably only about a two-day window between that. You know, he was placed on outright waivers. Nobody claimed him. They didn't do anything to follow up, and then they did this to follow up afterwards. I was a little surprised that it it was a straight-up release 
by that point Saturday just because of, you know, the timing of everything that had gone this week. And them reaffirming on, on Tuesday that, no, Gregor Polanco is part of, you know, the Pirates organization still. That said, like, last week Alex was right. We Maybe I didn't know how it was going to end over the next six or seven days, but we all knew that the, we were basically at the end of the line with Gregory Polanco. And right now it was simply a case of they want to give other people opportunities in right field, maybe players who could be part of the 2022 team. One of those guys, I'm assuming that they're trying to figure that out for, is Cole Tucker. He gets recalled from Indianapolis to take Polanco's spot on the 26-man roster. I have gotten questions about him, and it, it's been, what, barely 24 hours? I've gotten questions, yes. why Cole Tucker? Why Cole Tucker? My first answer is, well, he's on the 40-man roster, so he's an easy guy to bring up in that particular situation. However, you look at the lineup for today, Cole Tucker's batting seventh at second base. So, Alex, my question to you, I'm going to forward this question to you. Why Cole Tucker? You know, I think Cole Tucker, the Pirates are putting him in this position of, can you be a good utility player? Now, if you play well in that role and you don't get an everyday job from that, that's something. But they need to see something from him because he only has one option year after this. There's a big roster crunch coming at the end of the season. They can't have Cole Tucker just do what he did this year again, where he's basically in AAA and is called up to be a backup whenever someone gets hurt. He can't just be depth again next year. So this is going to be a chance for him to actually play. And to his credit, there were some encouraging signs in Indianapolis. Like, he walked 15% of the time. That's really good. But the batting average was in the 220s. The slugging was in the 370s. He just he still has the same problems that we've seen, you know, leveraging the body, making sure he has consistent swings. There were some good signs in Indianapolis. A strong month down the stretch could do a lot to shore up his you know, future with the organization. Now, with that said, there's a couple of other guys that they've taken, you know, flyers on or trying to get some opportunities to. Michael Chavis among them. Um, he got an opportunity in right last night. One of those plays probably didn't work well in his favor, ended up being a basis-clearing triple for Edmundo Sosa. And then to, today, or I should say this afternoon, Yoshi Sutsuko is going to be in right field. It sounds like with Polanco taken out of that situation, now they're trying to figure out the guy that sticks there? Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to just see one guy out there. Um, we have to know the severity of Chavis's injury before we say he's in or out of right field the rest of the year. But Cole Tucker got a look out there. Uh, you, you still have Anthony Offer, who should get at least somewhat close to regular playing time down the stretch, and Ben Gamble's still a good player. Uh, and rosters are going to expand in October so or September, so maybe someone like Jared Oliver gets called up. Maybe Hoy Park gets another call up. There are going to be people who could play in the outfield. I think right field is going to be a very revolving door over this last month of the season. It's amazing when you look at the list of guys who have either played games or gotten in bats with this team. I mean, from the you know the John Nagowski's of the world to the Hunter Owens of the world, Ildemaro Vargas, and guys that have gotten opportunities, Troy Stokes Jr. There have been a lot of players who have come through the revolving door. So I imagine... I understand why fans are confused about, okay, what happens next and what happens here, what happens there. And I try I, I try to keep explaining that they are trying to find out who could be a part of the future with this team, and they are trying to look at every avenue possible. Now, when you take all that into consideration, you still have guys like Kevin Newman. You still have guys like Colin Moran, and even a Ben Gamble, for that matter, who are more established guys who have been around 
for a little bit longer at the later part of their 20s, and you wonder, well, where do these guys fit specifically in your mind, Alex? Oh, Kevin Newman, Carl Moran specifically. Carl Moran's an interesting case because we have seen the Pirates, whenever someone has about two years of control left, load them on the trade market. You know, that's what happened with Joe Musgrove. That's what happened with Bell. That's what happened with Tyon. I don't know if they're really going to do that with Moran or if they feel like, no, he could hold down the fort there a little longer. If they do trade him, they'd have to find someone else to play first base. Could, do they want to spend the money to, you know, make that <laughs> whole process worth it? You get a prospect or some other major league player and then find another first baseman. Kevin Newman, you know, he's, he's done better in August. The defense is still there. If, if he could hit like he has in August over the course of a whole season, then he'd be fine at shortstop. But, you know, one month obviously doesn't make a whole season, especially after how he struggled in the fourth before it. It's an interesting case. I, I alluded to the roster crunch coming into or coming up this off season, where they just have a ton of prospects that they have to protect. They have to protect, you know, a lot of the guys that they just traded for. They during the trade deadline, they have to protect guys like Swaggerty. There's a long list of players. There are going to be a lot of people from this 40-man roster who aren't going to be part of this team going forward. It's going to be interesting to see if that includes someone like Tucker or Newman or Jared All or someone like that, players that maybe you raise your eyebrows like, okay, what's going on here? They're still young. They still have some years of control, but maybe they just don't factor into this organization going forward. It very, <laughs> take the very long road back to your answer. You summed it up perfectly. You've got to get eyes on a lot of these guys to see if, you know, if they can contribute to that team going forward. Alex Stumpf covers the Pirates for DK Pittsburgh Sports. He joins me right now on 93.7 The Fan. A couple minutes left here, Alex. You and I talked about Chad Cool last week, about him trying to finally find his way back after coming off the COVID DL or COVID IL. Three appearances in relief, three innings. He's given up four hits, only one run. Your assessment so far early with Chad Cool in this bullpen experiment? You know, that first outing he had in St. Louis, if you look at his fastball velocity, going on like those first couple hitters it was like he was a starter like he's throwing 93 94 and then whenever he started to get it into gear to like 96 97 mm. then he started to get better results there I, we haven't seen you know if he's gotten to that 96 97 a little faster you know as the starts or the bullpen appearances have gone on it's been theorized for a while that look this guy has a really good slider not a great fastball, but maybe you can hide the fastball in a relief role, just rely on the breaking stuff a little more. Chad Cool, the reliever, could end up being really good. I still think Chad Cool, the starting pitcher, could be a major league starting pitcher too. But if they are going to be sticking with this bullpen role, bullpen role for at least the next couple weeks or through the rest of the season, I think it's a good thing that they're putting him in like sixth or seventh inning in kind of that Dwayne Underwood Clay Holmes type of role of like, look, we're close. We need someone to bridge a couple innings so we could get to the back end of the bullpen. Or we're only going to run. We need a couple of zeros right now to keep it that way. With that said, let's get a little bit more into the bullpen. David Bednar giving, getting opportunities to close games out. It just warms my heart because I'm a big David Bednar guy. And again, he's from Pittsburgh, so who isn't in this area, however? Um, looking at this bullpen, as, as we talk about Chad Cool. 
and clearly that's still up in the air. But I look at the bullpen moving forward. David Bednar is a guy I expect to still be here when things swing around next season. Chris Stratton is a guy that I expect to still be here when things swing around next season. Outside of that, who else makes sense to probably still be in the mix moving forward? I mean, Chase Atreve does have one arbitration year remaining on his contract. That's an easy guy to just, you know, put into your bullpen. Maybe he's being a little overstretched being that seventh, eighth inning guy right now, but he's definitely fine as a left-hand pitcher. Um, a lot of this is going to be fluid. Like, we're going to get Blake Steterlin back at some point hmm. in 2022. Someone like Nick Mears is young. He's going to get opportunities there. But you look at a lot of this group, like Sam Howard has not been good for quite some time. He's been not good or he's been injured for a couple months now. Maybe the two are related. You have to give that a, as a consideration, but it's definitely less encouraging than what he showed the first couple months of the season. Can you really pencil in someone like Kyle Keller into the you know bullpen next year, or is he going to be a non-tender guy because of that roster crunch? I think this bullpen is going to continue to evolve, to be overhauled over the next eight, nine months as the regular season starts to come in in 2022. We saw a lot of changes back in July with you know Kyle Crick being DFA and Richard Rodriguez being traded and Clay Holmes being traded. This is a very very different group. Not a whole lot of guys outside of you know someone like Ben or someone like Stratton have really stepped up so far to say, hey, no, no, we belong as back end relievers on this group right now. Before I let you go, you mentioned Kyle Keller. Let's switch over to Mitch Keller. It seems like two steps forward, two steps back. Can't put two solid starts together. It it seems like the moment we figure something out about Mitch Keller, we have four or five more questions to ask. Yeah, and you, I'm sorry. Do you have an actual question? That's that pretty much it. Like, I, there's too many questions to ask. Really, to narrow to just one. Yeah, yeah. We could have done a whole segment on this. Yeah, Mitch. I there have definitely been some highlight starts. To say it's all been bad would be just a flat-out lie, but, man, you remember the bad stuff a whole lot more mm. with him this season, and there's probably been more bad than good from it. Long year. This is going to be a very important offseason for him. 2022 is going to be a very pivotal year for what his future with this organization and maybe his, or, his future as a starting pitcher. Alex, appreciate the time. As always, good to talk to you. We will talk again soon. Uh, enjoy the ballpark today. Thanks, Josh. Alex Stump covers the Pirates for uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. I I miss my conversations in the press box with Alex because we could seriously go an entire nine innings and talk about every every subject known to man. There was a time when it was myself and Alex and Matt Harkins in the press box, and we'd have some fun conversations. There was a day when we even realigned baseball's divisions and added two expansion teams. Those were fun times. In the meantime, we are out of time here. We will give way to the North Shore Tavern leadoff show. Craig Riley is going to be the man steering the ship there. He takes you into the Ben Charrington show, then into Pirates pregame, and then it's Pirates Cardinals live at PNC Park. First pitch at 105 right here on 93.7 The Fan and the Pirates Radio Network.